Can I tell you about the trigger fish I've just seen? The what? The trigger fish. The tr- it's a massive trigger fish. It was at least two foot. Oh. And, um, and it was eating a sea urchin. That oh. was a beautiful thing. Well, not for the sea urchin, it wasn't. No, it wasn't a good thing for the sea urchin, but quite amazing. Oh, I've been snorkeling. Oh, it's incredible. Anyway, the listener doesn't want to hear about this. Well, I don't want to hear about it. Never mind the listener. So, here we are again. Hello. <laughs> We're together. We're in the same room, listeners. Yeah. Happy birthday to me. It's a mixed blessing, it's I'll be honest. It's my birthday, listeners. It is. Happy birthday to you. And, um, <laughs> Thank you for my present. To, well, you've managed to stretch the whole birthday thing over two podcasts, I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, three now, haven't it? Oh, perhaps not. No, two. This is the oh, okay. one. Oh, I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> it may be something to do with the fact that we drunk your present to me last night. That's true, yeah. Um, I bought Joe some orange juice. Yes. Mm, in mm. a way. Grape a juice, way. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so you're actually in a mother temporal shift as we release this. You're in Mexico, exactly on holiday, yeah. and yet here we are in Worthing, exactly in the room where it all began. In the room where it all began, where we've recorded the first podcast, the House of Pod, as we should <laughs> exactly. call this place. <laughs> um, and we're going to just release. So, but this is a this is an interview that you did with um, your bestie. Yes. Alexander Shire. Oh, you mean the really successful author, Alexander Shire, with his global best-selling book, <laughs> Heart and Mind. Really, that nobody's <laughs> heard of. Yeah, that one. <laughs> so let's not create a false sense of uh, um, envy here. But, uh, no. Yeah, just your best. Whatever. Friend. Yeah, whatever. Um, so uh, when did you do this interview and what's it about? Uh, he had literally, um, Alexander Shire came over from having walked the Camino Way. So that's 55 days worth of walking. It's a, it's a long old trek. Mm. I forget how long, but uh, 600 kilometres or something. Mm. So he he takes a, a little group of pilgrims. Um, and it's, it's, it's a fascinating story. They don't have to share anything about them. They don't even have to use their real names. He says, you come and you can well, be as anonymous as you like. Yeah. But as the... As the walking takes place and the relationships develop, so the heart opens. And it's this extraordinary um, experience. And he's written a book um, about reintegrating that experience back into your life. So so it's a good conversation. He was fresh from it. He did a day with us, which was brilliant. And some, some dear listeners came to that day. Uh, yeah, so let's hear this, let's hear this interview. And then um, maybe if, uh, and I'm saying this in faith. Yeah. If technology allows us, we'll pick up on it uh, from when you're miles away. Yeah, I'll have a pina colada in my hand. Should we do that? (laughs) Yeah. Should we do this podcast in two parts? So this first, so it's really fascinating. So this is a real mixed podcast. So the intro's just been recorded in Worthing. Yes, on the 2nd of March. We are now here an interview with Alexander that you did last year. (laughs) Yes. In Brighton? Uh, No, here. Oh, in here, okay. I think. And then we'll have a little discussion out with... Outside of it, that you're recording Mexico, it's like yeah. you're a globe trotting executive. Well, thank you, yeah. <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> anyway, yeah, here we go. Hi, friends. Well, I'm delighted to say that I'm here with dear friend of the Mid Faith Crisis podcast, Dr. Alexander John Shire, is here in the house. Hi, hi, 
Hi. Am I? Am I here? <laughs> you're not, I don't know where I am, Joe, so if you tell me I'm here, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think you're here. You're in a slightly altered state of consciousness. I, I am in an altered state. It, it's good to see, It's good to see your face, but I am in an altered state. Yeah, I, I have not been on an, an, uh, on an artificial drug, but I've been on a journey. Yeah. I'm just coming back from Spain where I've been walking for 55 days on a journey that's called the Camino. Yeah. And this is not the first time you've done this. Jim, no, this was it? actually the fifth time, but now I lead a small group of pilgrims. Great. Well, that, that just takes in. Before we really get going on this, are you okay? <laughs> no, I'm not okay. Believe me. I can barely remember my name. It's a, it's a wonderful feeling so to, cool. to, to walk in nature for 55 days and to sort of forget the world except this incredible interior place. And, yeah. and, and on the way back, it's just like, it's like, it's hard to remember. Wow. So, so for those who don't know, um, you you teach all over the world. Um, I teach all over the you world. You teach all over the world. You're good friends with Rob Bell. He, he's a he is a friend. Yeah, he's a friend. And you know, well, you and, don't and, know, you won't know this, but he's just doing a series at the moment uh, called Jesus H Christ. We don't know what the H stands for, but you do, don't you? I do. <laughs> I don't want to because we talked about this last <laughs> yeah. year. But but listening, I won't give I won't give it away. <laughs> listening to the Robcast. It, you, I see your influence all over the quadratus uh, influence, the heart and mind. So for those who've missed the other interviews I did with you, just remind us what quadratus is and the heart and mind, if you're able to. <laughs> well, yeah, well it, it, I, it's really for the first time in a few years. It's hard to describe that. Um, so here, here's the essence is Joseph Campbell, the great mythologist, yeah. described that every journey of change and growth has got four parts to it. Yeah. And he named those, he gave them the name the hero or the heroine's journey. Yeah. He taught me all those many years ago at Notre Dame. And he had a tremendous impact on my life. And as soon as I heard about these four paths that make the journey of transformation, I began to wonder, do they have anything to do with the four Christian gospels? And 35 years later, out of prayer and study and research and grace, this idea hit me um, mm. that each of the four Gospels is actually a text of one part of the hero heroine's journey. Mm. And that the four Gospels taken as a whole tell the interior journey that each and every person makes and that every Christian makes as as, a, yeah. uh, as someone wanting to become more alive with the Christ. And, and the four stages? The four stages are, the first one is um, the call to change, what I call facing change. Mm -hmm. um, and the next one is moving through trials and obstacles. Mm -hmm. And the third is receiving the gift or uh, the experience of tremendous peace and joy. Mm. And the fourth is maturing in service. So we hear the, the call to the journey. Yeah. And the journey is about growth and transformation. Yeah. And, re, and, re, and eventually saying yes to that journey. I don't think we say it immediately. Yeah. Uh, we find ourselves going through a really a time of great trials and obstacles. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of those trials and obstacles, 
a grace happens to us that I call joy and meaning and a deep a deeper sense of purpose about life yeah and then from that we come back to ordinary life and need to do the actual yeah. work to make it real right which is what I call service and it's service to others and service to self great service to the world great but each one of us has a gift yeah. And the world is waiting for us to give that. And I don't want anyone to think of this in some yeah. pie in the sky, but each one of us has got a, 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 some gift to offer others. Okay. This, and this what a world it would be if each one of us knew that and knew how to offer it and yeah. then did it. Well, All right. thank you. And you are kindly going to speak for us tomorrow, um, which we can't wait for. But... Yes. But I wanted to talk about where you've just been. You say you've done something called the Camino. So first, let's let's just do the you know one hundred and one. What is the Camino? Oh, geez. What is the Camino? All right. So so uh, if anybody knows about the Camino, you're probably going to hear something different in the way that I describe it. Okay. Um, the Camino is a walk that ends somewhere in Spain. Many people think that the place that they're walking to is the cathedral in Santiago de Compostela where the the body of St. James is buried. And other people walk beyond the cathedral another four, four days to the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, this walk, we anthropologists know, has been walked for 8,000 years minimum. Wow. So when we Christians discovered this walk a thousand, about 1,200 years ago, yeah. um, we didn't create it. Right. We discovered our way into it. Uh, arguably, this walk is the oldest and the most walked path of transformation in the West. It may be mm-hmm. the most walked path in the world. Wow. <laughs> so... Um, Every culture and people have walked this journey. And it's not just yeah. like a, a, a pencil path across Spain. It's this whole swath across the north of Spain okay. that ultimately goes out to a couple of points on the coast. And when you get out there, you are at the furthest edge of the continent of Europe. And there are three different places, and each one of these places you're at a you're at a spit of land that goes out into the ocean and when you go out there at nighttime and the night's clear you the only thing ahead of you is the milky way and the ancients thought of this as some portal to eternity and we believe that's why they were walking to reach these places that were portals to eternity and to the gift of themselves that would arise as they walked that that um, there is something about, I think, just bring it back to nature. There is something about spending this amount of time walking in nature, walking removed from most of technology, removed from most of what we think of as civilization. It's you and the earth and the sky and the water and the ocean. And it awakens something inside of you that may be slumbering asleep. And my, it's been my experience in my life. It's been my experience now five times to walk with a small group of pilgrims and to see how this walk opens up something in them. Okay, so I, 
So this is a pilgrimage. It, it is. This it's a, is 55 days, which sounds intense. How far are you walking? Uh, so, first of all, let me say, you can walk the Camino in one day. You can walk it for months. People walk it for years. I've chosen 55 days for the portion of that we that I walk with pilgrims. Psychologists will say that you need to do something for 60 days to really begin to make it a part of your life, a routine in your life. And okay. so um, we walk about 800 kilometers over 55 days. We walk about 20 kilometers a day. Um, okay. We walk, I don't know what that is, that 12 miles or so? Uh, yeah, maybe a bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we it's it depends on the terrain of the day. There's yeah, some sure. days that are a bit longer because it's flat. Yeah. Uh, the days that we're up in the mountains, it's it's much shorter. Okay. And, you know, this really appeals to me. I mean, the physical side of doing that yeah. appeals to me, but there's a scary side to this, which is the solitude combined with community, I guess. Well, you know? and that, like, who am I going to be out there and who am I going to discover there and all that. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, of course, now, what I offer people is, I, I think, somewhat unique in that I take eight pilgrims with me. And so it is a small, intense communal experience. But you can walk, as I did in 2012, I walked, I went to Spain by myself with my pack, no, knew no one and started walking. So you can make it as solitary or as communal as you want to make it. Okay, so just for the, again, uh, basics for, for yeah. my benefit, really, pilgrimage. I've, I've never done a pilgrimage I'm intrigued by it. Uh, I'm curious. Why would a Westerner like me engage in a pilgrimage of of that sort of nature? Do you think what what is pilgrimage? What 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 might it mean? For me, I, I prefer to call it a rite of passage. Okay. Um, it's uh, an experience where, for most people, um, they need time out. Uh, they need to go discover who they are at this moment in their life. Um, there are people, there are people on the Camino from teenagers to eighty-year-olds, wow. probably ninety-year-olds. I just haven't met any of them. Right. Um, every one of them is out there because there's at some point in their life there's a deadness. Um, there, there's a habitualness that they want to walk out of. Right. And I truly believe that there's something deeply spiritual. I, I've got Rob Bell in my mind. Everything is spiritual. Yeah. Uh, about walking and about walking yeah, on agreed. about walking yeah. on the earth. Yeah. And walking removed from a lot of the technological things that distract us. And there's an aliveness that I experience. There's an aliveness that I the pilgrims tell me that they experience yeah. in a prolonged walk doing this. Yeah, we, we're out there seven weeks. But you, you're not just walking, you're doing inner work. We, so tell we, me what that we, means. We are, but other people who are walking by themselves may or may not be doing such focused inner work. I mean, okay. with the people I walk with, we have morning meditation. We okay. have 20 minutes of quiet sitting in the morning. Um, we actually have retreat days through the 55 days, days that we mm -hmm. don't walk, that I'm having people do 
journaling, self-reflection. We actually do some collage and artwork um, to get at, a, to deepen into the feeling experience of what's happening. Okay. Mm. So, um, but what I like to say is that the Camino does the work. Uh, the Camino, depending on what your name is, whether you call it spirit, uh, whether you call it God, whether you call it a higher power, my experience is, is that on this walk, there is something extra. Mm -hmm. there's, there's walking in nature and then there's walking on the Camino. And I don't, maybe it's just that mil, hundreds of millions of people, hundreds of millions of people have done this walk. Really? In, yes, in the hope of transformation. And perhaps it's just the resonance of their sweat and their prayer. But there is something there that is palpable. And I can't quite describe it, except I want to invite people, go experience it. Yeah, so you say you take 55 days, but you can do it in a day. You can just walk a tiny bit of it in a day. There's, there's yeah. no start place. There's no start place. There's no start place. There, there may be an end place to the walking, which is getting to the ocean. The sea, yeah. But the other Don't thing is that, that. <laughs> well, but then you've got to turn around and go home, whether yeah. you choose to get on a train or you walk home or you're on a plane or whatever. And because pilgrimage yeah. is from home to home. Okay. Home to home. Home to home. So from the moment you leave the door. From the moment you leave the door. But mm. I will guarantee you that that this that you won't be the same person walking home that left wow that's intriguing so um you wrote a book about coming home which is called returning from camino Why did you however i will say that i'm hearing from people that this book is much wider than just returning from the camino experience it's returning from pilgrimage and it's returning from significant life experiences okay why did you uh, write this book? I, I wrote this book because there is this lesser truth that's gotten put out there that you go on the Camino to get to Santiago. And, and you know, right now when you get to Santiago, they hand you a certificate and they celebrate you and yeah. they have this big mass in the cathedral and they swing this incenser that's five feet high and it fills mm -hmm. the cathedral with all this lovely aroma and everybody says we did a nice job we arrived and it's over and then people go home and they get they find themselves often in a paralysis because reverse culture shock or the camino like all pilgrimages is from home and to home and the person arriving home is not the person who left home and people back home don't know who you are in some ways. And they are expecting you to have gone off on a lovely holiday, not to have come home with a different vision of yourself. Wow. And, and so that, I guess that must be quite frustrating for a pilgrim who, who comes back and wants everyone to get excited about what they're excited about. Exactly. And and it, I mean, it can it's, be quite hard to, right. to convey yeah. the experience. And people are going, huh? Nice holiday, good. Exactly. I mean, there are hundreds of books, maybe maybe a couple of thousand books written about going to the Camino. But we know, but as far as we know, this book that I just finished is the first book about coming back home from the Camino. And it is because everybody is in this, has been in this mindset that 
it's over, that you that something awakened and something changed in you when you got to someplace in Spain. And excuse me, but that's a bunch of hooey. You don't change on the Camino. Okay. The the Camino is is a, a place that you go to be awakened. Wow. Okay, so that's and is very then difficult. and then yeah. you come home and face the changes from the awakening. Okay, so the real work starts in many ways when you get home, not absolutely, absolutely. And people, many people, I would say most pilgrims that I've talked to, are not prepared for the level of disorder. Okay, upon coming home. Yeah. Um, and so this book is really a guide for them, the questions and the experiences. And I have sections in the book that's written for friends and family back home to help them understand um, what, how they need to be with the pilgrim returning home, how they might be with the pilgrim returning home. And also I'm cautioning the pilgrim, people back home can't understand this experience. Most pilgrims are surprised by the experience. So how can somebody yeah. who wasn't there understand the experience? Yeah. And to have some real compassion for the fact that your family might look cross-eyed at you. Okay, that's now, interesting. Even my family, I've done this now five times. I'm mm. preparing now to offer the sixth time in yeah. the fall of yeah. 2019. I've got people in my family back home who think I go to Spain every year and sit in a spa and come home and tell them all these fantastic stories <laughs> that they don't believe at all. <laughs> oh, man. Well, listen, if there is someone listening to the mid-faith crisis, perhaps in mid-faith crisis, and they're thinking, well, I don't know about this, what would you say to them? Would this help them? Would it? What could they do? What would be the next steps for someone who's just going, I th- this is speaking to me and I'd like to find out more? Well, very, very honestly, um, there are a couple of things. And one is there's there's a, a fabulous documentary movie, which is called um, Walking to Santiago, six, uh, no, um, Walking the Camino, yeah. Six Ways to Santiago. Okay. And it tells the deep story of six pilgrims. That's why it's called Six Ways to Santiago. Um, go watch that movie. Secondly, very honestly, if you think you may be interested in this, read my book. Yeah. Uh, the book is written from the first moment you make the decision to walk to many months after you get home. So even though the book, yeah. be, be, and the reason for that is because most people need to think before they leave that there's no place in Spain which is the destination. Pilgrimage is from home to home. And pilgrimage will open you to something. It will open you to an aspect of yourself or a gift or a healing in yourself. But then you've got to come home and do the work to claim it. Wow. Great. So that's what you can do. Where can people get hold of the book? The book is on Amazon. It is uh, worldwide English, uh, both print and Kindle. Okay. It will be out momentarily. Uh, the Spanish edition is finished. Sure. Uh, the German edition, we believe, will be out late January, early February. Okay. And there's a Hungarian edition, which is oh, coming well, that's out great also. For our Hungarian listeners. Well, <laughs> that, I, I am often worried about them. I know, so I thank know. you for not ignoring them. <laughs> what, what I'm so excited about, Joe, is um, as soon as this book was released in English, I started being contacted by people in other... Yeah language group saying we need right. this book 
Great. There's nothing else like this book yeah, out sure. there. Great. So. Well, hey, thank you for joining us. Now, what's next for you uh, after the UK? Um, what's next for me is I go home and I start the next book, which I promised people. Yeah. And it's my Christmas book. And oh, I think no, I the don't. title is The 13 Days of Christmas. And I hope people are really Good. teased by why I'm saying yeah. 13 days. Well, you got to come back, obviously, and you got to tell us about that because as we long as your as it. long as your government will let me in the country, I'll be happy <laughs> to come back. <laughs> That'd be great. And you're going to see Rob Bell. I I will. We'll be together well, in a couple know. of weeks. I'll get to I'll get to. Um, yeah, we, we have a great time when we well, get together. Well, you tell him just, to come on the podcast because I'll try. All right, all right. I, I tried I will. to get him on, and I said to his people, "Listen, we get up to twenty-five, maybe thirty people listening to this thing." <laughs> Somehow they just sent me a book. I can guarantee you that after this, you'll have maybe 13 people listening to <laughs> No, not but the downward slope again. I will, I, will tell, I will tell Rob hello. Great. Well, Alexander. He doesn't listen to my suggestions, but I will tell him that you need to get on this podcast, Rob. He does. He, he does, does. Because he's got a bright future. Yeah. You know. <laughs> So that was Alexander Shire. Uh, we're going to reflect on that, but we ought to you know, remind people that this part of the podcast is being recorded while you're in Mexico. So sound quality is a bit patchy. Mm, indeed. I hope you're on a 55-day pilgrimage. Yes, that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> Except not 55 days and technically not a pilgrimage. <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder if you'll come back changed or even sober. I think so. <laughs> come back with their day. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for going. And I'm still here in yeah. uh, dreary, windswept UK where the government is currently arguing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's I'm like so there are a load of yeah. drunks in a pub, isn't it? They're just fighting with anybody who comes near. It's unbelievable. <laughs> It is incredible. Listen, we ought to explain to the listener as well that uh, you are recording in a in a room with a, a window open. In so there yes, might be it's some, noisy. Yeah, but you always feel the need to apologise for that sort of thing. I just think, well, that's life. Well, no, no, it's just explaining that if they hear other other noises, they are not, as usual, your um, intestinal uh, problems. <laughs> exactly, a motorbike going past. Yes, exactly. True. Let's talk about that interview. Oh, good. Okay. Well, first of all, I mean, poor guy. He had he he'd literally flown in the day before. Mm. He was a bit um, shell shocked because it takes a long time, I think, to reacclimatize. Now, but there you are. He did offer to come back and talk to us on the way home, uh, which was particularly nice of him. But yeah, I loved what he was saying, and I loved what he was saying about you know, just that sense of you go home and you try and explain to people mm. what a time you've had. And they just think, no, you've had a nice holiday. Mm. You've not had much of an experience. And that, and that sort of chimes true, I think, for me of many a time when you, you've had a, a really kind of special experience, but you actually can't convey it to people because they have to have the experience. There's no, there's no way you can talk about it and convey how important it is or mystical it is or transforming it is they just go hmm nice what's yeah. on telly yeah i think it's true not only of actually mystical experiences but also 
I mean, I've, I've, we've heard it said by people listening to the podcast who are going through things, and they, and they say they try to explain to other people, and people yeah. just don't realise that they're going through a significant time. They just think, oh, you know, you're you're a bit down or something, or you're, you know, yeah, exactly. you're just going through a phase. Um, yeah. I also had it actually. I heard it said when uh, I was on the Renovare spiritual formation course. You know that um, some of the people on that said they would go back. They would have an amazing week together of teaching, and they would go back and to their churches and try and explain what happened. And people just either couldn't or didn't want to get it, or you know, it, it's very hard. I think when when you've had some, these th- yeah, these times. Yeah, sometimes people, people don't want you to change, do no, they? No. They actually don't want you to. They 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 like the old you. And what if you change? What if um what if you're not the same person? What if they don't like you as much? What if you don't like them as much? So yeah. it's risky for people to engage with it. I think that's one of the problems with often meeting up with families. You know, you tend to retreat to the consciousness and growth stage you were at when you last saw them, which is which if it was years ago, could be quite difficult. Mm. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I like what you said about that. And I, I really liked the overall kind of view of pilgrimage as a a sort of process of awakening and not yeah. kind of a journey to a destination as such. You know, um, particularly because, you know, when I hear the, the historian part of me, when I, when I hear about Santiago, yeah. I know what a great myth it is. You know, there is, it is not the tomb of St. James. It's not, you know, that's just... yeah. That story yeah. didn't even arise yeah. till about 900 AD. Yes. You know, and then they didn't find the tomb till about 1100. So there's just nonsense. So I didn't. So to have him say, well, no, actually, it's a journey. Um, yeah. You go beyond that. You go to the ocean, you know, or that you're engaging with this ancient path. Yeah. You know, I just thought that was great. That's that's a better way of looking at pilgrimage because it's not tied to the veracity or otherwise of of the the place you're going to, the shrine. It's, no, it's exactly. about the awakening that happens on the journey. Yep. Yep. And that, well, yeah. No, I was going to say something, but it was exceptionally dull. So I won't bother. Uh, uh, it was all personal and everything. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. no, no. No, oversharing that would have been. <laughs> but as usual, I'll come out on holiday with way too many expectations of, ah, this is the moment I'm going to get, I'm going to study loads. Mm, I bought a, mm. a part of the books that even a really good reader wouldn't <laughs> get through, let alone me. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I'm going to pray and I'm going to walk and I'm going to find this space and it is good, but you know, essentially the same old problems are there and I'm going to pick them all up when I go back. And, um, but you know, you just you just hope that you you can do enough sort of the journey of the heart work that actually you're in a better place to face those problems when you get back, which I hope will be the case. But sure. who knows? Sure. And I don't think it's just the the you know there is also the spiritual discipline of sleep and relaxation and the spiritual discipline of seeing whatever that was, trigger fish and you know yeah, joy exactly. and wonder, and that's refreshment it, for you. Um, you know, so yeah. I don't, I don't think it has to be all, all, all about that. But you're right. You, I think you've talked before about when you go on retreats, you tend, to, we tend to take an agenda with us, and then yeah, God exactly. doesn't really follow our agenda. And the first thing so, you got to do is let go of the agenda. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. I would say to you, my friend, let go, let go of your agenda, set it free. <laughs> I intend to. Let your agenda I... go bounding across the Mexican dunes. 
Exactly. I'll, I'll definitely do that. Hey, on another subject altogether, mm. can I can I give the dear listeners a date? And you don't know this yet, oh, of course. Oh, no, no. You're not announcing something else, are you? <laughs> like, I can't believe it, this. Go no, on. No, no, because I'm not working while I'm at it. But the lovely Dave and Pat Tomlinson, they're just lovely people. Anyway, Dave Tomlinson has agreed to come and do an Enneagram day. So an introduction to the Enneagram on Saturday, the 19th of October. So, people, put it in your diaries and more details to follow because I'm a detailed guy and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to step I love nothing more than pouring through the details of an event. We should put you in charge of all risk analysis. Exactly. You know, I was wondering, because I've been contemplating a changing career, yeah. uh, obviously, but while I'm out here. And I think an event organiser really would be one. I mean, just lots of detail and administration. Makes sense. If anyone's got any other ideas, please feel free to send an email to joe at midfaithcrisis.org. Help me find my life. Hashtag find Joe a job. Leaving aside your personal things, I think a really good thought-provoking interview. I'm actually going on a pilgrimage later in the year, so I shall take that some of those thoughts with me. Um, yeah, where are you going? I'm going on the the Pilgrim's Way in Canterbury in Kent for a, uh, not for 55 days. How does anyone get 55 days off to go on a pilgrimage? How do you do that? I don't know. I don't Who know. Who are these people? I don't know. Incredible. Well, I don't know. Either they're homeless, un- yes. or incredibly rich, unemployable, <laughs> or billionaires. Yeah. What are the two? Well, I could be one of those, but it isn't the billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I want to let you get back to your pina colada you. and uh, your thank holiday. You. Thank you for and interrupting I do it. Hope... No, thank you. And I hope people did enjoy that interview. And uh, as always, please send your comments. And we've had some great emails in actually following the last uh, podcast. We just uh, haven't read them out now, but we'll save them all and they'll be coming next time. Super.